sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Another beautiful day. A bit chillier than yesterday, though. But, um, let's open with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning desiring to hear from you and to have your spirit uh, settle upon our hearts and in our midst and that we would hear your still small voice speaking to our hearts to um, change us and to grow us more into your likeness. I pray you'd bless each one here. Thank you um, for this time we have together. I pray you bless this service and we also think of uh, those um, other parts of your body gathered around the world, Father, and um, especially those in persecuted countries and also in Ukraine and um, places like that, that you would minister um, to them and that you would be with them and give them strength. We also uh, lift up Brother Laverne and pray you continue to work healing in his knee and that you would uh, just bless him today. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. hope I brought my paper along it might be really short there it is this morning I want to talk about who I am in Christ Uh, last week Meredith and I went up and visited her grandparents and I sat down on their couch and I just hold this paper out, and I don't know where they, I don't even think they know where they got it, but it had a bunch of Bible verses on it, and so I started looking into it, and somebody had kind of compiled a list of Bible verses, and um, I thought it was uh, very edifying and um, enjoyed going through them, so I would like to share on those. So these are all, I have quite a number of Bible verses out of here, and a few few comments, but it's mostly scripture about who we are in Christ. And I have three categories, I guess you'd say. Um, First one is, I am accepted. And then the next one is, I am secure. And then the last one is, I am significant. So, um, the first who I am in Christ is I am accepted in Christ and I am God's child. For that, I want to, you don't have to turn to all of these. Um, some of them we'll turn to, some of them we won't. Um, but let's turn to John, because I have a couple there. John 1, verse 12. 
John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And this, there's a promise here that if we believe in him, we can be the son of God, which I don't know if you've ever really, I don't know, I think we all should think about it, but I th- don't think we think about it enough. What does it really mean to be a child of God? And to think that the same way we relate to our fathers or we as fathers relate to our children, um, God does that a lot better. And we have that same relationship and can I say ties and um, access that a child has with their father. And then my second one is also in John. It's in John 15, five, uh, 15, 15. And that one is, as a disciple, I am a friend of Christ. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. So not only are we his children, um, but we are also his friend, which... Um, I think all of us fathers desire to be our children's friends and there is a different aspect of relationship of father and child and just friend, but I think it just denotes that, um, all aspects of our life, um, uh, correlate with our relationship with Christ. So we have earthly friends and we also have earthly fathers but both of those things are combined in God and our relationship with him. And my third one is, I'll just read this one quickly. Um, I am in Christ, I am accepted and have been justified or declared righteous. And that one is Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then my other note is, I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. And that one's in 1 Corinthians uh, six seventeen. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. I think one, one uh, amazing thread through all of these is how much, obviously, how much Christ is in here. We've been justified, and that's through faith in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, or we are God's child, and Christ Jesus is our friend, and we'll just see the uh, God's, or Christ's working through all of these verses. It kind of runs through all of them. Um, I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. That one's from 1 Corinthians. Oh, I already read that one. Sorry. I, uh, my next one is, I have been bought with a price and belong to God. That one's also in... Actually, let's turn to 1 Corinthians because I have four, four in there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 19. I've been bought with a price and belong to God.
What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and are not your own? reason I thought I had more notes on that verse. But apparently I opened the wrong version or something on Word. <laughs> um, I'll try and go by memory. Um, we've been bought with a price and belong to God and our temp- we are the temple of the Holy Ghost and which, which lives in us. And I was just thinking about, if you think about the temple, um, you ever thought of that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? We are the indwelling, or the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So if you go back to the Old Testament and think about the, uh, the temple that was built and the physical manifestations of um, God dwelling in it, I think a cloud, if I remember correctly, and then um, when they dedicated the temple and just things like that. But then think of our bodies being the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you and we're not our own. Uh, It just struck me that that aspect of, can I say, we're just a vessel, and I think we'll talk about a vessel or a channel later here, but we're just a vessel or a channel for God to use. And to manifest himself to others in. First uh, Corinthians 6, uh, 20. I guess just the next verse down. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh, that was actually supposed to be part of that last one, sorry. <laughs> the next one is, I'm a member of Christ's body, and that's in First Corinthians uh, 12. 12.27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And I was just thinking, the body of Christ and how that, if you think about a body, um, well, earlier it talks about your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then also to think about the body as we're all members of it, and each one has their part. Um, but going back to my main my main point here, I am accepted, and I am a member of Christ's body. And we need to can I say own own our membership or um, pull our weight and do our, I say, functions that we are called to do as part of Christ's body. Um, If you want to turn to Ephesians 1, that's where my next one's from. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. Ephesians 1, 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Uh, through verse 8. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So here again we see we are God's children, but also that he has chosen us and adopted us. And that's all through his blood. It's all, it's all through his work. My next one is, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. And that one's in uh, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into this kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And really it all, it all comes down to that, that we have redemption through his blood. I also have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. Um, Hebrews 4.14-16 through 16, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but is in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So because Jesus has passed into the heavens and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he makes intercession for us and we have access to that throne of grace because of the blood he shed and the work he did on Calvary for me. And, and because of that, we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then I'm complete in Christ. Uh, that's Colossians 2, 9, and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. So kind of wrapping these all together, we're accepted as God's children, as God's child, as his friend, as a member of his body, and the reason we have all of this is because we have been forgiven all of our sins, not just some of them, all of them. And then uh, I think this last verse sums up this portion, and it says we are complete in him. And I don't know, just that, that word complete is um, pretty amazing to ponder. When something's complete, it's finished, it's finalized or done, and there's nothing else that can be changed and so we have we have need of nothing more we're complete in him um my next section is i am secure and i have another sub kind of thing there why am i secure and and these these are the reasons we are secure in christ because i am free from condemnation Uh, let's turn to romans 8 
Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. This goes back to that uh, verse in first or in uh, Colossians one. Um, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. But we're free from condemnation because of that blood shed for us. Um, if we have had our sins covered by the blood, then um, the enemy. Um, can't condemn us because those sins have been taken. Uh, Romans 8.28 is my next point. That is, I am sure that God works for my good in all circumstances. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I'm secure... Because I know that God works all things for my good. I can find security in that. I can, um, that's a promise. Um, it makes me think one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Ezekiel 36. Um, it's where God's talking to the house of Israel about uh, restoring them. They're going through hard times. And, it says, and he says, I, do, I don't do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but I do it for my holy name's sake. And um, just the, the assurance we can have that everything that happens to us, can, God can use it to grow us and sanctify us and purify us and refine us, no matter what it is. Um, Romans eight thirty one through 39. And that point is, I am, free, uh, I am free from condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God. What shall we then say to, those, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, without him, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that if that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercessions for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a lot in those uh, few verses. (laughs) Um, It kind of goes back to that same point. Um, We're free from condemnation. It goes over that part too. But then it also... um, goes about how he cannot be separated from the love of God. God's love is so so vast and so strong that no matter what happens, um, 
just like I said before, that uh, all things work together for good. Um, even going through hard times, God's love is still there. Even though sometimes we, in our humanness, might not feel feel it, um, we know that he is. Uh, my next point is, uh, I have been established and anointed and sealed by God. That's in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now he which establish, establish, ugh, establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. He's established us and anointed us, which would give the, uh, and it says, and sealed. And I think of when they sealed the tomb or they, a, uh, a king would seal something with his ring. It's, it was finalized, like kind of complete before. It was um, not to be changed or opened or uh, altered. But that has, been, that has been done, can I say, to our hearts by God. <clears throat> My next one is, I am hidden with Christ in God. That's Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, and where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We can be secure because we are hidden in Christ. Uh, my next one is if, uh, Philippians 1.6. I am confident that God will complete the work he started in me. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm secure in Christ because I'm a citizen of heaven. Uh, Philippians 3.20 For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Going back to the uh, Philippians 1.6 about completing the work he started in us. Um, it had to make me think, how is God <clears throat> building in, in my life or your life? And have we told somebody about it? Because if we don't really talk about it with anybody, how do, how do we really share what God has been doing or how does God get glory if we don't share what he's been doing in our lives? And I had to think of... Um, a lot of these things talk about, or some of these verses talk about the temple or building or uh, the work that God has started. I had to think of the building process of building a house or things like that. Um, sometimes the building process can be a bit messy, and sometimes it involves tearing, tearing down old things or old parts of a structure or tearing out things that weren't quite built right or need to be built stronger. Um, and thinking about how that applies to our lives and um, 
we're all in the process of being constructed more into a vessel or a channel that God can use. And so um, there's nothing wrong with being incomplete if you're under construction. If I, I don't know if that makes sense. We need to be complete in Christ, but at the same time, there's an aspect where there will always be building going on, building of our character, building of our um, our love for Christ, our love for others. And if we're a new creature in Christ, um, then we should be able to testify of how the master builder is working in us and um, strengthening our, can I say, our our heavenly structure, our soul structure, if that makes sense. Um, my next one is, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, and that is why I'm secure. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Another one is, I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. First John five eighteen. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. So, uh, my last kind of subtitle here is, I am significant because I am a branch of Christ, Jesus, the true vine and a channel of his life. Um, John fifteen five. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Think of being built, uh, building a channel, and you're being built to channel his life. I don't know if you've, if, if I stop and think about Christ's life, and being able to channel that, and be a vessel for him, um, do we act like a channel to those around us? Do we, when I think of a channel, I don't know, out here we don't have irrigation canals, but out west they have a lot of irrigation canals, and they're just these huge ditches that are all they are, and they're constructed, and they're, I mean, they go to great lengths on constructing them because they don't want the water to leak out. They want it to go where they want it to go. And um, just thinking of a channel and just being able to just have Christ's life flowing through us to other people. Um, I've been, a, I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. That's also in John 15 verse, uh, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it you. This goes back to my question earlier is how has God been building in your life? Um, another question is, is what fruit are you and I bearing? And I, I never really noticed this part before, but it, I, for some reason, the remain that your fruit should remain stuck out to me. And I had to think of lasting fruit. It's not just, you know, a quick blossom and go away. It's a lasting fruit that, uh, kind of, I don't know if I want to say repetitive. It bears over and over and over again. It's not just a one-time thing. And that that's a, says that's a sign. We must be bearing lasting fruit in our lives. That's a evidence of Christ in our lives. Uh, I am God's temple, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 
and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about constructing also. Think of all the work that went into the temple that Solomon built. And then I forget which time it got rebuilt. I read somewhere that one of the times it took 40, I think it's 46 years to rebuild the temple. It's a long, long time to rebuild in one building, but uh, we are God's temple and he's working on us. So um, how's the work going on your temple? I am a minister of reconciliation for God. That's out of 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 through 21. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You ever stop to think that that's a job description for each one of us? And he hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Are we doing it is the next question. The act of reconciling parties, uh, this is the definition of reconciliation. The act of reconciling parties at variance Renewal of friendship after disagreement or enmity. Are we doing that as brothers or and also out in the world so that the world can see uh, that we are the ministers of reconciliation? The only reason we can have that reconciliation with God is because like I said earlier, Christ, Jesus has taken all our sins, not just some of them, but all of them, and we are reconciled, or uh, we were a party at variance with Christ, but he has reconciled us to himself. Uh, I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm, Ephesians 2, 6, and he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I thought it was interesting. It says together twice. Um, I was just trying to get the point across that we need, we can't do these things on our own. We're a part of a body and we need to be doing them together. Um, we're not to do it on our own, but uh, he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, my next point is I'm a I may approach God with freedom and confidence. That's also out of Ephesians 3.12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. When I read this verse, I had to think of uh, Queen Esther approaching the throne. And um, approaching the throne without an invitation, in most cases, was at risk of your own life. Because if... The king didn't want you there. It was a um, pretty forward act to do to um, impose yourself upon the king. 
and it's taking your life in your own hands to do that, but we can approach the maker of the universe and have no fears because he wants us. And we can come boldly, it says. I just think that's quite the different picture you see from a lot of uh, scenarios with kings or uh, rulers and authority. Uh, most people don't approach them boldly. I'm not saying a haughty or a proud spirit, but we can come boldly and ask and make our needs known to him. And another um, point I have is Philippians 4.13, and it's basically just the verse. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then my last, my last point is, and I saved this one specifically for last, I am God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Probably my favorite one of all of this list, and it sums it up for me, um, kind of like I was talking about um, building and... Um, being under construction, but it says, uh, I am God's workmanship. And if you, if you think about God's workmanship, it gives you the, I guess for me, it gives me the mind picture of, uh, either like a, a woodworker in the shop or things like that. He's, he's crafting and building something. Um, he's shaping it and making it look, and he's looking into every detail of it. And uh, it really sums up all the points, just God's workmanship. Um, and as we let God shape and cut and sand and chisel um, and mold us into useful vessels for him, um, all, those, all these other points uh, we've touched upon will flow out of that. And he'll shape those into us. So in closing, um, I guess... I was inspired to let the master builder keep working on me.